0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello and welcome to the From The Finny podcast with me, Jake.
2: Me, Oliveira.
3: And me, Jimmy. Um,
2: it's a bit of a long one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah but it's ab- it's unbelievable. <laughs> Talking about football is just, just what you want to do, is it?
1: Yeah, so we had um, Gab Sutton on, who is the man behind the at underscore football lab Twitter account. He's, uh, I think, an EFL pundit, you would call him, maybe?
2: EFL specialist, I'd say.
1: EFL specialist. Yeah, so we had Gab on, we had an EFL quiz, a couple of North End-related questions. That was good fun. And then we had a a nice long chat about football in general and and North End as well. From Yeovil
2: Yeovil town to Yuma when (laughs) son.
3: Yeah, it's probably... The most diverse podcast we've actually recorded.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to put too much effort into editing
1: that one. I'm just going to let it flow. Um, so yeah, uh, episode 41 of the From the Finny podcast.
3: Enjoy. Right. Okay. So this is episode five of the From the Finny quiz. Um, oh, are
1: we are episode five already. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that, that, we, number four was the John Parking and Chris Brown one, wasn't it?
3: Yeah. Number five. Number four Brownie and Parking. Um, and this is five today. So, obviously, we're joined by Gab Sutton today. Gab, do you want to introduce yourself. I suppose what what you do. I suppose where we can find you on uh, Twitter and everything, and I suppose where you write for as well.
0: Yeah, sure. Just write for various websites, mainly sort of EFL stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore football lab. Cool. So, Cheers, Gab.
2: So um, nice
1: to have you on finally.
2: Oh, my pleasure. Ollie, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Just watching Cologne against mates. Glad, glad to have some football back. Yeah, very happy. It's been better than I thought, to be fair. Might touch on it later, but... I have yeah, no doubt been,
1: we will. It's been good yet. Are you good as well, Jimmy?
3: Yeah, all good, mate. Good a little mate. bit warm today, but apart from that, we're fine. Good, good, good. So, are we ready for round number one? Yeah. 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 Do you want to yeah. explain things a bit for Gab? Yeah, so we'll go through it. We'll do... Jot down your first five answers. We'll, what we'll do is we'll do it similar to what we do with Brownie. And we'll uh, we'll go through the answers after each round. We'll um, yeah. we'll see where we're at. Um, apart, we'll do round three and four together because they sort of interlink. At so. least we've
1: no, um, no guests to try and sneak on this time. Yeah, that was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it last week? Especially with the uh, the
3: whole Chris Edric
1: Belava. But hey ho. Anyway.
3: So round number one. So five questions in this round. So question number one: Who is the longest-serving manager currently managing in the ninety-two? Uh, Question number two, which other two managers, as well as the answer to number one, have had a tenure of more than seven years in the top four divisions? Current managers. Current managers. So there's three managers managing the 92 that have had a tenure of more than seven years. Um. So a point for each of these two.
0: Ooh. Can it be over two spells or just over one spell? Yeah, it's current spell. Okay, right. Oh, goodness. Oh, blimey. So
3: there's three managers currently in the EFL and Premier League that have had a spell of longer than three years, except more than seven years in charge concurrently.
2: Oh, I'm stuck here. I've got one, I think.
3: question three can you name the three clubs that Alex Neal has managed point for each do you
1: want four names or um candy
2: Preston North End Football Club cheers mate thanks for that oh, thanks.
3: I was struggling with that
2: one <laughs> <laughs> question
3: four since leaving Preston in July 2017 Simon Grayson has managed at three different clubs can you name the three and then question five so last one for this round which former football league defender is now the manager at Tabletop and Barrow AFC in the National League
1: I feel like that might actually be a half decent round
3: for me for a first round <laughs> soon be downhill won't it let's be honest probably yeah cool we're out with them five yeah should we go through them we could do um, Jake Ollie and then Gab in yeah. order yeah question. it's question one um, who's the longest serving manager currently managing the 92
1: I've got John Coleman
2: Ollie Gareth um Eddie
0: Howe, sorry, I've got... Gab? Oh, I've got Gareth Ainsworth. Gab <sighs> oh, yeah Bollocks. It was... I've, oh,
2: yeah.
3: And so then question two, can you name the other two managers that have got a tenure of more than seven years?
1: Well, I've got one written down, which is Eddie Howe, but I'm going to have a punt and say John Coleman was the other one.
0: Um, you've got one.
2: Ollie. I've got Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche.
0: Yeah, I've got, um, jo- I forgot the Premier League, so I went with John Coleman and Nigel Clark. <laughs> Gab's got none of them, unfortunately. Yeah. So Eddie Howe is second.
3: He's, he's managed 18 days less than Ainsworth. Oh. And then his replacement was Sean Dyche, and he, he did 18 days less than Howe.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, I, so thought, be- I thought Eddie Howe might have just edged it, longer serving, but I'll take that.
1: Yeah. That, that little mention of the Premier League just as you reread the question the second time was what I was like ah. Yeah. Ed- Eddie Howe, got him.
3: Alright, yeah, I'll take that. Cool. Can you name the three clubs that Alex Neal has managed?
1: Preston North End, Hamilton Academical, and Norwich City. Have they all got that? Yeah, I got
0: that. that, yeah.
3: Cool. Yeah, point for each, for each or just one yeah, point? point for each, yeah. Um since leaving Preston. Simon Grayson's managed at three different clubs. Can you name the three? Yeah. Sunderland, Bradford and Blackpool.
0: Same. I got that as well, yeah.
3: Yeah. Sunderland, Bradford and Blackpool's correct. And then, who's in charge of Barrow at the moment, top of the National League?
1: It's the man that got punched at Deepdale after the Chesterfield game, Ian Everett. allegedly got punched.
2: Yeah. Same.
0: Yeah, same. Ian Evert, yeah.
2: I hope they manage to get promoted somehow because they've, by all accounts, played some pretty good football this season.
3: barrow Salona, I think they call themselves up there. Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> morning. The places aren't quite the same. No. no. Yeah. Have you ever been for a night out in Barrow? No, I've been... A day was enough.
3: Mate, honestly, the, the main street for a night out in Barrow is called the Gaza Strip. <laughs> 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 it is it's chaos it's not it's not the best night out in the world it'll be it'll be horrible for a lot of league 2 clubs going up there next year you know
2: yeah, yeah quite, I, I, think, I think they'd do okay if they came up just because of circumstances
3: yeah so so these went first round by all there so Jake and Gab have got eight and Ollie's got nine this is when it tends to go downhill so round two the who am I round so these five players that we're going to go through today have all got over 400 career appearances in the EFL. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I already six, have a feeling this is going to go downhill quite badly for me. Yeah, I thought it would.
3: So question six. <laughs>
1: no, nice of goal- you to have me in mind when you were doing it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I mean. uh, so this goalkeeper has played over 500 times in the Football League. He's made three appearances in the Premier League, playing for Norwich City in 2013. He's played for 11 different clubs, but has only been bought for money twice in his career by Nottingham Forest and QPR. Who am I?
2: Uh, um... Is he still playing?
3: Correct. That's an extra clue, but that's the only extra clue you get him.
2: Okay. Oh, God. That's a good question, that is. That is a very good question.
3: Yeah, I tried it out in the guinea pigs this morning and I had about seven different answers. Question seven. This cultured midfielder made over 600 career appearances without stepping foot in the Premier League, with 477 of those appearances being at Preston North End. His final club in his career was on loan at Fleetwood Town in League Two, playing for Graham Alexander.
0: Oh, gosh. Um...
2: <sighs> Did he have a spell at Fleetwood? Igreza, or this player? Uh, the player I'm thinking of, yeah. I think I know who it is. <gasps>
3: he, uh, this was the last move of, of his professional career. Cultured midfielder. I'd call him cultured, Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Question eight. Yeah,
1: I'm not confident,
3: but yeah. This former Reading captain has made over 700 career appearances for nine different clubs without ever having a loan move. He also won 32 caps for Jamaica and captained his current side to the National League title in
2: 2019. Ooh, I've got oh,
3: it. oh, I know who it is.
2: Oh, I think I've got it here. Yeah.
3: So, former Reading captain, played 32 times for Jamaica. Won the National League last year. Jake looks stumped. Jake is stumped. I can't even think he won the National League last year. Yeah, I'd be giving it away. Cool. Question nine. This player made his professional debut playing on loan for Viking your FC in Iceland and made 26 appearances for his country, scoring one goal against Georgia in 2013. He has won three players' play of the year awards for Derby County and has made over 300 appearances for the Rams before leaving earlier this year. Uh, could you
0: repeat the question, please? Yeah, yeah.
3: sure. So this, this player made his professional debut playing on loan for Viking FC in Iceland. He made 26 appearances for his country, scoring one goal against Georgia in 2013. He has won three Players Player of the Year awards for Derby County and made over 300 appearances for the Rams before leaving earlier this year.
2: This is a guess.
0: Uh, Earlier this year as in like 2020 or earlier this year as in earlier this season? 2020. 2020.
2: Yeah, that, that bit stumped me. Gab, because I was thinking someone who left in
0: 2019.
2: Oh, God. But, yeah, I don't
1: know. I'm still thinking about the last one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you'll get the last one if you don't know it straight away.
1: I'm just thinking Reading Captains. (sighs) Oh, gosh. I've got... (sighs) Fuck it, I've nothing else. I'll put it down. I'm not actually sure if I'm. Just
3: triple-checking when that guy left Derby. I'm pretty sure it was 2020.
1: Either way, it's not as bad as a quiz I did on Friday night. The first round was this season, and the first question was about a player from the 2017-18 season. (laughs)
3: So it was. He left in he left in October twenty nineteen. So oh, this player. Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I, I've got yeah. it now. Then.
3: Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was earlier. I thought it was sooner than that. But this year, this season's been a bit of a blur, on it? So question ten. This player has played for three of the original members of the football league and scored over a hundred league goal, one hundred and fifty league goals in his career so far. He scored in his England debut and played in an FA Cup final win 12 years ago today. He was also the best man at Jamie Vardy's wedding.
2: I think the last one's gave it away. The last
1: one gave it away for me, definitely.
3: Yeah. Oh, like the best man at Jamie Vardy's wedding? Yeah. I had no idea until I did my digging.
0: Sorry, could you just repeat that one more time? I know it was the FA Cup final yeah. 12 years ago. So- So this player has played
3: for three of the original members of the Football League and scored 150 league goals in his career. Scored on his England debut and played in an FA Cup final win 12 years ago today. He was also the best man at Jamie Vardy's wedding. I don't know how I knew that. I just knew that as well, Jake.
2: I don't know how I knew that. I just knew it. I had it before that anyway.
3: Invite him a bit. I get why. I get why he was best man
2: yeah.
3: given the careers, but yeah, it was a bit of a funny one, that.
2: I reckon I've got five on this round. It's a bit bold to say that.
3: We'll soon find out, won't we? Right, let's go through them then. So, the goalkeeper, question six. Jake, who did you have? <laughs> a, a cross. Cross, cool. Who's that? That's no, not that.
0: I. I um... I suggested John Reddy, but I'm not confident at all. Just thinking Norwich goalkeepers.
2: Do you want me to tell you who it is, Jimmy? You can tell me who it is. I think it's Lee Camp. It
0: is oh Lee my Camp. Oh, I thought I did think Lee Camp. I didn't know if he played for Norwich.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, I thought Lee Camp, but I had no idea he played for Norwich.
3: Yeah, he only made three appearances for them, but it's the only time he's ever played in the Premier League.
0: Oh, damn it.
3: <sighs> Good red having that one quite happy with it um, Question 7 the cultured midfielder who played 477 times for Preston
0: Well I'm um, if I can guess I've I've gone for Jeff Hughes because I know he did play for Fleetwood and he was quite experienced at the time but he might not have played for North End no
3: Yeah he didn't play for North End I'll, I'll let you the, the two like this player also played for Hull City and Nottingham Forest Yeah Paul McKenna Yeah Paul McKenna is right Ninth on the all-time uh, appearance list for North End. Thought it'd be higher than that, to be fair. It's quite a lot from the Dark Ages. Yeah, the Dark Ages. Um, the former Reading captain, you um, um, know, his current side to the National League last year.
1: Yeah, yeah I've, I've put Mcnuff. That was the only thing that came to
3: mind.
2: Mcnuff, <laughs> no, you're not having that.
1: It's near enough.
4: Yeah,
2: <laughs> enough.
3: It is Joby off.
1: yeah. Am I, am I having that or not, Jimmy?
3: You can have that one because, to be fair, we tend to feel sorry for you at this point, don't we? Cheers, pal. The player who made his de- professional debut playing in Iceland on loan and um, has won the Players' Player of the Year award three times for Derby County.
2: Richard Keogh.
3: Gab, did you have anything for that one?
2: No, I, I've
3: not heard an answer, I'm afraid. No, it is Richard Keogh. So, Richard Keogh was actually... Started his professional career on loan from Stoke in Iceland. At what? Yeah, I know.
2: A couple uh, of players who've been on under the cosh have had similar loan spells. That is mad. In yeah. And he, he left because he because uh, of what happened with that car crash.
3: Yeah. yeah. Still ongoing that by the way.
2: Yeah. The
3: legal bit. Um and then last one, the player who's played for three of the original members of the football league and scored over 150 goals in his career. Gabby, you have you had an idea on this one?
0: I, I guessed Peter Crouch, but I'm not sure. Boys, hmm. you know? Yeah, David the Nugent. The mascot, David Nugent.
3: <laughs> the mascot. David Nugent's correct, yeah. He came on for, um, is it John Utaka? Yeah, John Utaka. <laughs> yeah, in the FA Cup final 12 years ago today when Portsmouth won it.
1: I was watching the live the live replay of it on Facebook before, and do you know who started up front for Cardiff. Former North End player. North End player? Paul Parry.
2: Side up front? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, surprise one. Right, we'll crack on with with round three and round four. So, um, these ones are together. So, you've got round three is the record breakers, and then round four is this season so far. So, question 11. Which team has the unenviable record of having the most defeats in the top flight of
2: English football?
0: Oh dang. Um, I've
2: got quite. Uh, it's between two for me. This
1: most defeats. When you say the top flight, yeah, top uh, flight, old Division top One, flight. Premier League oh, now,
2: correct. You've go. You've got to think the teams have been there the longest. Mm. Yeah, I'll take a punt on that one.
3: Cool. Question 12. Which team holds the record for the most points in a football league season? Ooh. <laughs> Question 13. Walter Boyd of Swansea and Keith Gillespie of Sheffield United have the record for doing what? That Walter Boyd of Swansea and Keith Gillespie of Sheffield United have an un- unenviable record for doing what?
4: You're looking
1: quite smug with yourself there, mate
2: me yeah oh it's a, it's,
3: it's a cracker
2: you've just got to take a punt at some daft on this kind of question
3: yeah question 14 which team holds the record of being the only team to win the fa cup in england without conceding a goal we
2: <sighs> <Ooh. sighs> like conceding a goal bloody hell it must be a very good team
3: They won five games in that FA Cup, then. All to nil. And then question 15. Which club has won the most League Cups, which is currently known as the Carabao Cup in England?
2: Hmm. I think I've got. I'm pretty confident with three. This is a guess.
3: So this is about the 2019-20 season so far. Question 16: Which two teams played in the only nil 0 draw of Saturday's return to action in the Bundesliga? To get the points, oh. both teams I knew something. I was going to come up.
2: I don't even know. I can't remember from yesterday.
3: So which two teams played in the only 0-0 draw from yesterday's return to Bundesliga?
0: I know this.
1: Did you say you have to get both teams to get the point?
0: Yeah. I
3: think I know one. Okay, question 17. Which two clubs has Sol Campbell managed during the 2019 season? Sorry, 2019-20 season.
2: Is this question 17, yeah?
3: Yeah.
1: Again, is that one point for getting both right? It's
3: one point for getting both right. I've been kind enough with the first round, giving out double points pretty much. Yeah, it's going to make my final score look a bit better. Yeah. Um, question 18. In the EFL, so that's not the Premier League, who has the current longest unbeaten run?
0: Oh And this is to date not an unbeaten run within this season, it's like this- uh,
3: yeah, so
0: up to now up
3: to this point, who is unbeaten for the longest?
0: Okay. Um <laughs>
3: And I'll give you a clue. It isn't us.
1: <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks for that.
3: That's all right. I looked back yesterday at our form going into lockdown. I didn't realise how bad it was.
2: Oh, I don't know. Question 15. It's between two clubs.
3: What, the Carling Cup?
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, our cup, whatever it's called. Um, question 19, who is the leading goal scorer in the top four English divisions this season?
2: Ooh, yeah. Good finisher.
3: And then question 20, what is the name of the FIFA list five-time Australian referee of the year who has been
2: refereeing... Oh. A- this season, did you see that video of him yeah. ref- repping the game yeah
1: discussing everything and all that sort of stuff,
3: yeah, so
2: what is the name that of the fiFA no
3: idea. Australian referee I don't think he's done a north end game this season, but his first game on shores, on English shores was doing more at the at the globe
1: he's definitely done a north end game I'm almost I certain he has
3: I don't think he has. Has he? I th- oh no, no! I want to say he has, but I don't think I'm not sure. He's ba- basically be a Premier League ref next year.
2: Uh, I don't I don't know his name, unfortunately. <clears throat> oh, well that was the, that was that was the answer you needed. So. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I'm pretty confident on eight of the others.
3: That's all right, then, all right, let's run through him then. So, um, question eleven. Which team has the unenviable record of having the most defeats in the top flight of English football? I right, had Aston Villa. Jake,
1: I've guessed at Everton.
2: I've got Everton as well. Everton is right. Oh, how, how on earth have you got that, Jake? Just a
1: complete. I put Arsenal and then I put Everton. Scribbled it out and put Everton. Just complete guess.
2: They've
3: had fifteen hundred and forty six defeats. Jesus.
2: They've
3: also had they've also had the most draws in the top flight. They've had eleven hundred and twenty six draws. Mm. So have, you. They ever,
2: have they ever been not in the top flight?
0: I think that's I don't fine. think they have. You know.
2: Yeah, I don't think they have. That's that's why I chose them.
0: The the one of those clubs that
3: just haven't ever seemed to be relegated, as much as um, was it Walter Smith that David Moyes took over from?
0: Yeah, I think yeah. so. And then Joe, Joe Royal before him, I think. Yeah, that's the closest they've got. So, Question
3: 12. Which team holds the record for the most points in a football league season? Reading
0: 5 a 106 points. Yeah. Oh, Same. I bought one <laughs> It is Reading. Absolutely spot on there, Gab.
3: 106 points. Walter Boyd and Keith
0: Gillespie.
3: What have they got the record of doing?
0: I've got an interesting answer for this one. I I don't know if it's accurate or not. Um, but I've gone with uh, own goals for both teams in uh, both right in rival matches. So presumably Gillespie in the Steel City derbies and um, the other guy in Swansea Cardiff games. But I, I've no idea if that's right.
1: I've just guessed that it's being substituted off the most.
0: Nope. I've, I've got
2: a hat-trick of own goals in one game.
3: Nope. They've both got the record of being the fastest sending off after coming on as a substitute. Because <laughs> they, se- they both got sent off before play had even restarted.
1: I think I remember seeing a clip of that.
2: No, <laughs> never heard, never
3: heard of that. So they've both got a record of having zero seconds in play, basically. <laughs> it's pretty even- shit record. Yeah, they've, I think Keith Gillespie elbowed someone in the head, and the lad punched him. On. Jesus. <laughs> so, Keith Gillespie mentions it in his book. Question 14. Who's the only team to have won the FA Cup without conceding the goal?
0: I think it might be North End, you know, in the Invincible year. Yeah.
2: Crash yeah.
3: oh. the North End. Nope. You're all wrong. It's oh. Perry. What? Perry FC. 1903. <laughs> they beat Wolves 1 0, Sheffield United 1 0, Notts County 1 0. Aston Villa 3-0 and in the final they beat Derby 6-0 oh, I was so confident with that one
2: so that no. so that stat about us winning the FA Cup without conceding a goal is wrong
3: it, according to the history books the only team in England to have won the FA Cup without conceding a goal is Bury FC
2: hmm. I suppose we will have to accept that but I've seen that stat so many times <laughs> Nah, have you I suppose not, you will have to accept it Jake have you, you not I, seen
1: that? Yeah, that yeah no I have I was I was pretty confident with that to be fair and um, obviously according to the quiz master I'm wrong
2: I'll have to accept that
3: but I will pull up the um, the the North End double results you have to give me a minute I'll, I'll do the rest of the answer and I'll come back to that you might all well get an extra point but I yeah, I yeah we'll think, carry on I think they did concede a goal anyway which club has won the most league cups? Liverpool.
2: Liverpool I've got as well. Chelsea, I said.
3: Yeah, it is Liverpool, they've won eight. Then Man City, the current holders, have got seven. Yeah, it was between them two. Who played out their only nil 0 draw of yesterday's turn to the Bundesliga?
0: I've got this one, uh, Dusseldorf v. Paderborn. I couldn't
1: I couldn't think I couldn't remember Paderborn. i, I knew Dusseldorf.
3: Same. Cool. So point for Gab um, do, 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 do. which two clubs has Sol Campbell managed during this season so far
1: Macclesfield Town and Southend United
3: yeah same we all got that good stuff and um, in the EFL who has the longest current unbeaten run
0: no idea I went with Coventry
3: I've gone Coventry Coventry's correct they have uh, the 14 unbeaten um, the one beaten since the 14th of December they've only been beaten I think three or four times a season, the record's are, like ridiculous from what I remember looking at
2: I had them as part of a bet to win League One Coventry? Yeah I had to win to win League Two Coventry to win League One mm. and, and north no end to what? and north end to be in the top six but That's it's going to be void
1: it was like a six grand payout wasn't it?
2: Yeah
3: I've just mm-hmm. seen uh, the Kieran Maguire's podcast tomorrow. They're doing something about the football bets because I think someone, someone must have tweeted in a question. So that'll be interesting. What how that comes out? Because mm. I tweeted it ages ago. I'm like, I hope they've all no null because mine have, <laughs> mine have gone down the shitter this season. They're horrendous. My bets. Um, question nineteen: Who's the leading scorer in the top four English divisions so far this
2: season? Yeah, Billy I Watkins. Oh. Oh. Owen Doyle, I've got.
3: Owen oh, oh, Doyle's oh. correct, yeah. Who did you go with, Jake? <laughs> Ollie Watkins. He's not even the top goal scorer in his league.
1: Oh, shit, yeah, he's not. Mitrovic is, isn't he?
3: Yeah, Doyle's got 25. Ivan Tony's got 24. Mitrovic's got 23. And Bardi's got 19 in the fam. Um And then what's the name of the FIFA referee? I know Ollie doesn't know. Jake, is his you... first
2: name Matthew? Nope, no, nah, not a clue. No, nah, I'm
3: not, not the foggiest. I don't know either. Jared Gillett.
2: no. Nah.
1: Did Did you find out if he refed a North End game?
3: Um, I've not looked yet. I'm still trying to fact look at not our FA Cup one of eighteen, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. You can have North End with an extra point.
0: Ah, cheers.
3: Yes. I don't get why, because. I know a couple of Bury fans and they keep mentioning that oh, we've got the only record but they clearly haven't got the only record, have they? No. Nope.
1: Jared Gillett refereed the Reading at home game. What was the score in that?
3: Isn't that the um, Charlie yeah, Adams? We got, yeah, we got. was it 3-1? Yeah, we got We got beat. So we decided to not mark um, Charlie Adams. Cool, right, I'm going to add these up. Um, yeah, Jake, it fell apart for you in that last two rounds, mate.
1: Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> I would plead for an extra point, but it wouldn't make a difference, I don't think.
3: Cool, so Ollie, you're this week's winner, mate. you got 20 out of 25. Take it. Well done, Ollie. And then I've got joint second, fourteen for Jake and fourteen for Gab. Ooh. Yeah, decent.
1: I'll take that. It's not it's not a it's not a flat bottom.
2: No, you you've you got, got, got a silver medal. You got a silver medal, Jake. Exactly, mate.
3: That's two weeks in a row, mate. You you came second with, with, with John Parkin last week, so um
2: <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh, not
1: sure that's much to shout about, in all honesty.
2: Oh, that was, yeah. I enjoyed that one. I think that was the best quiz yet, Jimmy. Which
3: one, today's or the
2: parking... Yeah, today's. Yeah, something
3: different. I didn't want it to just be North End related, so...
1: Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed <laughs>
2: it. Hello, this is Joe from Sugarstone. We're an alternative pop band based in Manchester, but originating from Preston. This is our new single, Tiger Reach Out, which was released 10th of April on all major streaming platforms. Enjoy.
3: So football then? Yes. Is it coming back?
1: In I think in some some capacity, yeah. Um, at least from the Championship up.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm still a bit skeptical about next month, um, but it looks like Championship definitely they're going to just play it out like they're doing in the Bundesliga. I think. League One and League Two, remains to be seen because I think that's going to get a bit messy.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: Based on what I've read this week,
3: I don't see how the FA and the EFL will let League Two not have a relegation. It just sets such a dangerous precedent, mm. especially with what everything that the Premier League are looking at. I don't think that. It, I get they can. I get they can just scrap relegation that league with obviously Barry dropping out. Well, when they started the league this season, there was two teams dropping out of it and two coming up from the National League. And mm. I just, with them having the, the veto rights as such, it, you know, both the EFL and the, the FA, What I don't think, I think one of them will veto it. A bit like they're, they're going to do, like, like I said, with the Premier League, you know, they said there is relegation happening, you know, and, and that's final now, you know. So I think there's a lot more to come on it. You know, and uh, obviously about that, that piece this week. Um, I think the I think the TV money dictates everything. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, I I don't know if the TV money pays for the testing <laughs> for League Two and League One clubs because it's what is 160 grand a club,
1: something like that, yeah. And have they not been told that they have to fund that themselves though? And that's why some yeah, clubs are now saying that. They're not in a position to complete the season because they simply can't afford to pay for the testing.
3: Well, they get extra fund, extra money from the TV, don't they, for the playoffs? If the playoffs are on TV, then clubs you traditionally get extra f- funding from that. Yeah. Obviously, I know we're not in a traditional season, and the EFL might have already been, well, they have been paid by Sky already um, and the other media partners. So, how that gets distributed to those four clubs playing in the playoffs, then. You know, they decide that mile and a half down the road,
0: don't they? But... I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, if I can kind of chip in here, I, th- I think it's uh, it's really important that like the governing bodies and even sort of politics kind of gets involved here and, and actually supports lower league and grassroots clubs. Because in a lot of cases, um, lower league clubs aren't going to be able to have the means to uh, buy the uh, the testing equipment themselves, but they do really important work for the economy, for um, for people uh, in sort of uh, local areas and things like that. And I feel like the economic and societal sort of value of, of having football there means that the governing bodies and uh, um, and and I suppose um, the, the government we have at the moment should, should get involved.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think it's, for those clubs, especially in League Two, that, you know, they are such a massive part of the community. You know, you only have to look at the impact of very being booted out of the EFL yeah. has impacted on that on on that area. You know, you've got a number of businesses that have either gone out of business or are close to going out of business because they relied on matchday income. But obviously, from a third party point of view, so you've got a couple of pubs, you've got shops around the Gig Lane area that can't afford to trade anymore because they relied on those sort of twenty-three to twenty-six match days they used to get a year. You know, because end of the day, at league one level, you used to get the JPT. You'd have a league cup game. You might might get a couple of FA Cup games through the door as well. You know, and I think it's it's a great point actually, Gab, because without without football clubs, you know, it's it is hard for a lot of societies, especially in in, in lower demographic areas. You know, in terms of places that aren't, haven't got the money. You know, it's not like a an Oxford area as such. You know, that is a bit more affluent. You know, Bevy is it's probably quite far down the affluent list in the UK you know and it's it's sad what's happened there and I I, I think there's a, a lot of people that still need to be held to account for that yeah yeah it seems seems to have gone very very quiet on that from um depends who you speak to depends who you speak to it's still um obviously Steve Dale still owns the club as such yeah but the, obviously the the Phoenix Club Berry AFC that have been formed that are going to be in the Northwest counties next season the ground can't be sold to property developers because if it's, list- I think it's got a listed status of some degree or at least yeah. the council allow it to be sold for housing which I know is what it seems Steve Dale wants to do for it because that's how he's going to make his money back but he's not liquidated the club yet which we're nearly 12 months down the road and he's still mm. got a business yeah. class as a football club that hasn't got a football club to its name just sad really
1: yeah, and then obviously you move up the leagues as well and you got all this stuff going on at Charlton at the minute as well. And then obviously there's uh, Macclesfield, I think. Or another one.
3: South
2: End I think South End have got a few issues as well. South End have got a lot of issues.
3: Yeah. I think um July the first is rumoured when it's gonna start imploding on it itself a little bit. Because obviously that's when you don't have players anymore. You know, and yeah, all.
1: player player contracts yeah. are up then, aren't
3: they? Yeah, and I suppose that's that's the time of your year when you you have you are getting your season ticket money in, you're getting your TV, you know, your initial payments of TV money for next year, etc. And yeah. that it just isn't coming in. You know, you only have to look at Andy Alt on Twitter. I know I bang on about Andy Alt quite a bit, but he's dead open in terms of obviously the communication he's giving everybody. You know, he's this he's trying to sell the ground back to himself to p- protect it, which I look at it in two, two aspects, really. If it was anybody else doing it, we would probably be really critical of him selling the grounds for himself. But he's doing it in case he has to put the club into administration or liquidation yeah. further down the line so that the ground remains within the community, which I think yeah. is a great thing to do. But yeah.
1: I think the fact that he's, he's he's acted how he has in the past as well, probably, like you said, because it's him, Jimmy. Like, it's It's one of them that... People, yeah, maybe it's not right, but because of who it is that's doing it, you kind of look at it as if to say, like, well, yeah, I can understand why he's doing it and whatnot.
3: He's been dead open about it as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Gab? In terms of where, it, where, what's the end game? Where, where do you think the season ends? In terms of, I suppose, the Premier League, the Championship, and League One, because obviously they're the three that haven't had a a decision made on them as as yet?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I I think the best solution really is a points per game. Um, I think the problem you've got is there's not going to be a perfect solution. I think we all know that and really it's what's the fairest solution and I think that what we come to has to be reflective of the season so far so uh, if football can't return based on safety of the players and I think that's obviously going to be an issue lower down the pyramids then I I would go for the points per game just because um, we've played what three quarters of the season so far and I think that needs to be uh, reflected in the eventual outcome. Would you go
2: would you just go general points per game or points per game home, points per game away?
0: I'm, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure about the points per game home and away setup. But I, I would just go points per game generally because home points and away points are worth the same in in normal season. So I don't think it would make much sense to sort of interfere with that. Has it made much difference in the table? No. You, well, in League One, it makes a massive difference because Wickham 1... Uh, the... Oh, League One, yeah. Yeah. Wickham,
2: Wickham's Wickham's a really weird one, isn't it?
0: Mm. Yeah, they're actually eighth in the table, but yeah. they go up um based on the points per game method. So
2: they go into third on points per game.
0: Third, yeah. Yeah.
1: Something similar in the championship with Charlton as well. As I think it was second tier podcast tweeted today. Charlton have never been in the bottom three all season, apart from the last game week before lockdown. Yeah. And based on points per game they'd go
3: down. And they've got Hull next game up. Lee Bowyer was on um, Five Live earlier in the week. And obviously he's quite critical in terms of he, he wants the season to continue because yeah. end of the day he thinks they're in a great spot. You know, they got, they got beat off uh, Middlesbrough, I think it were, in the last weekend of what was the season so far. Um, but they were then going, going to Hull, who yeah. obviously have won a game in 11 games, lost mm. I think it was 10 out of 11 or something daft. Yeah, And I thought he had a great chance going up there, getting three points and getting out of the bottom three. Which, to be fair, if you've seen Hull play in the past...
2: Yeah, I think Hull, Hull were in big trouble, I think, weren't they?
3: Yeah. yeah, they were in free 4 weren't they? They had yeah. so many injuries and I felt a bit for Grant McCann. I think we mentioned it a few yeah. months ago. They were in free-fall, yeah. were free weren't they? They were just yeah. they were dropping like a stone. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel for Lee Bowie in a way, you know, because he's actually... Given everything that's happened at Charlton this season, you sort of got to like give them a bit of credit because they've been tough to beat. They've, they've ground some good results out. They've got to play one of the best keepers in the championship. Is it Dylan Phillips? Is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Really good goalkeeper. played one of my lot of points, let's be honest. But yeah, you, you've got to feel for him not being in the bottom three all season and then.
2: Yeah, they had, a, I think, first 10 games. I think they were around top six, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a good job. They had a good start. I think, obviously, Lyle Taylor's made it pretty clear that he's going to leave. Yeah, he's refused well. to sign a new, uh, new deal, hasn't he? Yeah, so it's pretty important. Last, Whatever he's... happens, it's pretty important for Charlton because I think if they go down, probably turn into a bit of a mess again.
3: Yeah. What did you say then, Jimmy? You should be getting in for Lyle Taylor. If we can, said mm. it in January. Though Lyle Taylor's is perfect for North End, he'd make a difference,
0: wouldn't he? Um, in comparison with the the striker options that you seem to have at the moment, where there was there always seems to be like one kind of meat sort of considerable weakness with all the North End strikers there at the moment. Whereas I think with Lyle Taylor he can do a bit of everything, and I I'd say that's what you need really.
2: Yeah, he's not Jaden Stocky for a start, is he? <laughs> he's that's
0: not a right. tree, and he's not a mascot. Yeah. Bless him.
3: Well, you know what? It's um, it'll be interesting when everything's back. You know what we actually go with? Yeah. Um because it's, it's it's could be anything, couldn't it? Really? You know, Louis is nowhere near fit, is he? No. Booking Instagram. No, nowhere near. So, um, no. yeah,
2: they're wanting the,
1: the the everything done by the end of June, aren't they?
2: Yeah. I just, yeah I, I'm still never, pretty never skeptical. Back. Pretty sceptical about everything being done by the end of June as it is. I don't think they can go back to training until, is it a week, a week tomorrow? 25th of May, is it? 25th. A week, yeah, a week tomorrow, I think. Yeah. So they're going to need at least three weeks, you'd think, two, three three weeks to get ready. And then you're basically in, in the second week of June by then, aren't you?
4: Yeah. Yeah. But that's
0: that's
1: if that's if they give them the opportunity to have those two or three weeks, they might not. It might just be
2: everyone. I think just they've say, got oh, to. I think, they, I think they've got to. I think they've got to for sort of safety reasons. I mean, you, can, you, yeah, can run, I, you can run five k every day, but it's nothing like training. Natural match
1: or training. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, but I mean, I, I just don't see unless they push back the 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 end day. Although, was it not? Um, the 31st of july that everything has to be done by
2: i think that's at, more at, likely
1: at the latest currently yeah i think that's that's in the rules official yeah i think that
2: i think july. that is probably i think that is probably just about doable
3: um, i think the, the rules go out the rule book goes out the window to a certain degree because it, you can make amendments you know you only have to look at the ifab you know in terms of amending the substitutes rule. You yeah. know, we've had five subs in the games yeah, yesterday. That hard, yeah. Wasn't it? yeah, and it, I mean, it only takes a little bit of a vote. You know, you wait for FIFA, whoever it is, to push back the season, even if it's the FA, if it's a local decision. You know, that's based in this country, it yeah. wouldn't, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. Even if you have a definitive end date, then it's like fifteenth of September, or tw- you know, everything will be done by the nineteenth of August, and that's when this season will officially finish. Yeah, and um, you know they can sort of be manipulated it's probably the wrong word to use but you can do it for your own benefit at this point because, because it is such an unprecedented situation Then you've got to make allowances um, my biggest worry at the minute in terms of football is the TV money this rebate stuff that they're on about
1: I saw something Imagine. yesterday that they might they might still have to pay some of it back
3: even if the game's got ahead yeah. it's fine because mm. so, it's on about what is it, 340 million for the premier league but you've got to think the premier league is what feeds the lower leagues yeah you know the the, the money that comes down in solidarity payments is frightening. and i mean i looked through the accounts this morning and 60 percent of north end's turnover last year was through tv money or solidarity payments you know if you've got and you'll have businesses that are especially the smaller clubs in the league you know so you look at I suppose a Wigan that's turnovers less than ours. You know, look at League One. You know, their their turnover is so reliant on TV money. And I just think it's if that
0: even halves, it's just going to cause chaos.
4: Mm.
0: You know, that's going to be what kills clubs. Yeah. You know. Because also, they, I suppose they've made the commitments to pay um, wages as well. Uh, I mean, I suppose the furlough scheme's um, a massive help. But um, yeah, it's worrying times for clubs because they can't really plan anything, can they?
3: No. And I mean, I, I think- put on that piece this week and it's like clubs' financial planning happens 6, 12, 18 months in advance. It's not something that's just done on the, the job of a hat. And you're you relying on that money coming in because you can you, you've got it in writing that this amount is coming in. And if that gets halved 40% of it instead That it, it's just financially it'll just kill yeah
2: I was thinking about Brentford in, in that respect as well because obviously a lot of I, I've not looked but I guess a lot of their turnovers is based on player sales on an annual yeah. basis that's going to collapse obviously the TB only thing collapses and then they obviously moving to a new stadium so Clubs like that, who were uh, you could argue the well-run because they got a model that works for them. That could just all go down the drain. More than yeah. likely, worked
3: in the pre- worked in the previous climate. The the climate we're going into. Yeah, you know we're not going to see a, a twenty-five million pound or twenty million pound for Neil Mopai. You know you're yeah. not going to see a nine nine ten million pound for Jordan Hugill anymore. No, um, it's going to be, you know, wages they reckon between fifteen to twenty percent. Less going forward across the four, across the top four divisions, um, hmm. never well, mind on league.
1: Well, there's that there's that wage cap in there
3: in, in League One and League Two that they're talking about as well. Yeah, there's always been a, a a cap as such in terms of the you can only spend a certain amount of wages versus turnover. Um, I think it's sixty percent in the League One and then fifty five percent in League Two. Well, obviously, and But even then, that depends on your TV money coming in. Mm. You're going to account for that as part of your turnover. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, football over the next three to six months will become more recognisable compared to what it was at the turn of the year. Um, You know, whilst it might be the same game on the pitch, off it, it's just going to completely change. And you mentioned Brentford there. It's a really interesting one, actually, because they're moving to a ground that's not actually that much bigger than Griffin Park. Mm. It's only wow. seventeen thousand two hundred and fifty, but it's it's a community stadium. So I think within their remit, to the council was that the ground and its facilities would be used by the community around two hundred days of the year. Now yeah. with COVID, how can that happen? that can't happen until at least January February twenty twenty
4: one.
3: So it'd be interesting to see how that happens, because um, obviously that's and that's their whole model It's based yeah. on the community and how it gets used. Um, yeah. as well as obviously the, the BT model that they've successfully run for the last four or five years.
2: Yeah, I think Brentford is quite an interesting one, but there'll be a lot of clubs with like similar interesting problems. So I think... Well, you, you could
1: argue that we're not too dissimilar in that every season for the last few seasons has been a, a significant player sale that that money's gone towards whatever the running of the club I mean obviously not a massive amount of it has been reinvested into players in terms of significant transfer fees Um, Mm. obviously we're not we're not on a level with Brentford in terms of spending but you know you could argue that we're similar in in many many instances
0: I mean, I think with Brentford, um, they are much more willing to recruit uh, internationally. And I actually saw something on the from the website that was saying um, that something like 2% of North End signings uh, since uh, promotion in 2015 have actually come from outside the UK and Ireland. And uh, you do kind of think that with um, the way football's developed and um, the... Um, obviously, the, the rise of data analysis and things like that, that maybe the club could start to expand its horizons because, uh, and I'd be interested to get your take on this, you've kind of, although you are sixth, you'd normally kind of associate that position with very good recruitment, whereas I would look at it and say it seems to be the players that have been there for the last three, four, five years that have actually been yeah. sort of the, the key ones. So, um, probably... I'd say there's,
2: yeah, I'd say there's two things. Obviously, leaving the EU... Is the first one that's going to have an effect on bringing players in, and then obviously it remains to be seen how the international markets going to react after coronavirus. Anyway, but I'd say people have probably spoke about our recruitment quite a lot, but I'd say it's more to do with Alex Neil improving players than signing, than signing like players who are undervalued, underrated, whatever. Um, yeah. I think if a different manager had signed those same players, we'd be nowhere near where we are. We well, only yeah, have to look
3: at Simon Grayson. Yeah. You know, Simon took us as far as he could, let's be honest, especially with the football we're playing. We got away with it in that last season under Simon as well because if it weren't for Aidan Mcgee, we would be nowhere near seventh. Yeah. It should be Derby. Um, our recruitment model isn't going to change, I don't think. Um, the, there's obviously the the FA ruling on EU players coming in once we leave the EU permanently. Um, so they'll be subject to the same work permit regulations as a non-EU player. So I think that will obviously hurt a lot of teams such as a Barnsley that have got quite a lot of German players, for example, that have no international caps and would struggle to get a full work permit.
1: How how would um, that hurt them? Would that be a financial penalty? Or...
3: <laughs> you won't to play the player. You won't have a work permit.
1: All right, so it is as simple as that.
3: Yeah, he won't have a work permit.
1: Regardless of whether the fact that the player's been at the club for say three years.
3: Depends if he's eligible for UK citizenship or whatever, however they're gonna right, do it. Yeah, yeah. But they won't be able to recruit new players from Germany. Yeah. Or Holland. So I think that'll hurt Brentford as well because of obviously how they've recruited. Yeah. Um I think we're we're gonna continue to shop in League One and League Two for players or you know, players that are released from the Premier League. Or can't really out, I can't
2: work out can't work out if that's going to benefit us or hinder us because surely Again, now there's going to be there's going to be more championship clubs in for League 1 players now surely
0: yeah everyone's going to be fishing out the same pot yeah. aren't they yeah the other thing I'd say is, um, would North End start to look at sort of improving their youth development? Because I, as an outsider, it doesn't seem like that's something you've been particularly strong on over the last few years. And um, considering that you've not necessarily got one of the bigger budgets in the division, is that an area to, to maybe look at?
1: A very good question. I'll let Jimmy answer that one.
3: We smile and, and, and laugh, Gab, because it's something we've had a conversation about um, recently, probably offline, to be honest. Um, got some good players in North End's Academy. Um yeah. Ethan Walker, Adam O'Reilly's done really well at, um out on loan at Staley Bridge. Ethan Walker's a really good talent, um left Connor winger. Connor uh, well, Simpson we actually bought from Hartlepool so we didn't come to the Academy. Uh, we paid around seventy-five thousand pounds for Connor Simpson. Um He's out of play-
2: contract, isn't he
3: If he plays professional football again, I'll be surprised. I think he'll drop out of the 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 EFL completely. Um yeah. Not made any impact on loan at Accrington for the past six months. Played in JPT games only. V- rarely broke through into the first team squad for league games. He's, um there's a there's a Preston lad actually at Accrington, Dion Charles, who I believe was at North End as a kid. Then got released, got him built himself up elsewhere. Went to Southport, banged them in for fun. Um, and now he's at Accrington doing quite well in League One. Um rumoured to be linked with quite a few championship clubs as well. So, But a person lad that we've let go. (laughs) Um, Obviously, in terms of our own academy coming through, there's a a couple of good players. Um, People look at Josh Brownell and think that we brought him through. We actually got him at 16 for Man United. We're in a good position in a way because we can get, if, if, say, a Man United or a Liverpool or an Everton release players at 16 because they don't fit their model, then we're in a good spot to be able to pick him up.
0: Yeah. Nice.
3: Um, you know, that's what we did with Josh Brownhill. Cunningham, I think as well. Who was that? Sorry, I just missed Greg, that. Greg Cunningham. Cunningham we bought, we bought from, um, where did we buy Greg? We signed Bristol
1: him on a free from oh, City. Bristol
2: City, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, There's a lot in the academy now in the Jimmy. Uh, I can't remember his name, Little Winger, who did, was he released from City?
4: Tyrese
2: Dolan. Yeah. United. Was it United or City? I think it was, yeah, it was a second year. E, e,
1: e, either one one of the two.
2: Yeah. So you can yeah. pick players up who've been released. I think it, it wouldn't have Ben Davis. I think there'd be probably a lot more talk about developing players from the academy. Mm. Mm.
3: Yeah, obviously. We've,
2: there's we've Josh
3: had, Earl but, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're 10, 11 years old, both. I think Ben Davis has been in the academy since he was eight. Yeah. Um, we're taking advantage of the 90 minute rule as it was because Ben's from Barrow originally. So it's not exactly on our doorstep, but it's within the old 90-minute rule. Um, obviously, with the EPPP, the uh, Elite Performance Player Plan, um, players can actually get snapped up. We've seen that with um, the lad who went to Wolves, uh, yeah. Elliot Watt, who's yeah. now Carlisle. So, they rate him then, out there. Yeah, they massively rate him. Um, so Elliot Watt was snapped up by Wolves through the EPPP. So they pay North and the fee for him at sixteen. Um basically any player up to sixteen has a set fee. Um so a Premier League club can come down and take our best talent if they want and there's a set fee there. If the player wants to if the player gets wants to go, then that's a set fee. That's I suppose it's training compensation as such. Um and away they go. It's like if we wanted to pick up some of, I don't know, Morecambe's or Blackpool's youngsters, for example. Um, I know.
1: I know the old head of youth recruitment at Blackpool.
3: He's at Fleetwood now. So Fleetwood, Fleet, We're probably on a par with Fleetwood in terms of academy at the minute. Fleetwood's youth development setup is is pretty shit up. Um, Matt Hills lads
0: there, who's just come through James. Well, yeah. they've got all that external investment, haven't they?
3: Yeah, Andy Pilly.
1: Well, Hilly's it. Hilly's other lads at, at Blackpool as well. His youngest really? uh, in Blackpool's academy.
3: Yeah. He's a, he's a Blackpool fan in the Andy Pilly. Is Yule Mulaney's lad at, at our academy? Yule's lad is at our um, academy. Um, they, they rate him quite highly, but I don't know if he'll be given a scholarship. I think he's 16. I think he's just about to go into the, uh, the youth set-up as the, you know, for the under-18s. But I'm not sure if he's been offered a deal, to be fair. I think with everything that's gone on mm-hmm. within football, obviously the academy season got curtailed Um it's all a little bit up in the air I think for a lot of the
2: players yeah I don't know how we got to his football coming back to Yuma son but there we go <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah we're doing all right aren't we today we're just uh,
0: covering a few bases
2: yeah have you got any questions or
3: anything gab
0: yeah um so just kind of really interested in in how you how you look feeling you how far off you do you think because I mean, I, I know that you're sort of sixth in the table, and I think that a lot of credit for that. But um, I don't know. You know, I feel like when I look at North End, there's a few areas where you think it could really improve there. And I just suppose, in your view, do you think how far off are you from being potentially a Premier League side? Do you think?
2: I think we probably all feel quite different about this.
3: Okay, I'll let you start, then, Ollie.
2: I I still think when you look at the 24 teams in the league, I think we are, I don't think the league's as good as people probably think it is for a start. Um, and I've seen a lot of people say we're only six because every team below us are a bunch of bottle jobs, which is a load of bottle because we've been in the top six. I think Jimmy said 25, 25 game weeks. we finished in the top six out of 37 so far yeah. this season. So we've been up there all season. I'd say we've got the second best coach in the league, behind Marcelo Bielsa. I think Alex Neil's an outstanding coach. Uh, is he thirty-eight? I think he's thirty-eight years old. Yeah, 38, People forget how young he is. Like so I've seen and,
1: him. And he's already managing the Premier
2: League as well. Yeah, I think he's probably got six, seven years under his belt. He's managing the Prem. Tactically, he's made quite a few mistakes this season. Um. So there is that, but he's, he's improved. If you if you go through our players, even players that he signed, so like Darnell Fisher, he's improved massively. Ben Pearson, Alan Brown, Ben Davis, um, Carl uh, Robinson before he left, yeah, Barky. Um, and when you go through our squad now, I think maybe in three, four, five years when people look back they realise probably what a good squad we've got. There are weaknesses, say left-backs, a bit of an issue. And then obviously the striker issue, but if we went up this season, I don't think we'd do as badly as people probably expect. Really? Yeah. I think people would think we'd be...
3: The whipping boys.
2: Yeah, the whipping boys sort of thing. I, I could never see that happening under Alex Neil.
3: Mm. Yeah. I'd agree with that. I think it's for a team that's got the sixth lowest turnover in the in the division, and I think it's the eighth lowest wage budget. So it's, I think it's we're massively punching above our weight, and we have done for a long time. But I do think that is down to the manager, Um is massively improved. Not only the players that we've got, but also our style of play as well.
4: Yeah,
3: uh, the football is attractive. It's good to watch. It, I, I'd say it for a good 50-60% of Simon Grayson's reign, it was boring. It yeah. was... You know, it'd go on the lot, but, you know, and part of the bus. Um, yeah. And the season we came out of League One, we were probably lucky to, at some point, so I think we dropped 22 points from winning positions, won the Simon Grayson. We should have pissed that league. Yeah, didn't. I
2: think when you look at Gallagher, Beckford, Garner as a three, that, that should piss League One, shouldn't it? And it probably should have, yeah.
3: Yeah, and it didn't. And... You know, I remember. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but we played Yeovil at home on a Tuesday night, and we we drew one apiece, and that was thanks to Sylvan Evan, evans Blake scoring. And that was in the February we went up. I think we were missing Garner and Bedford that night,
2: yeah.
3: and we looked like we were struggling. And we're yeah. like, "This this side ain't going up." You know, I think
2: but, was that around the time had we just lost away at Crawley as well? I think we we're in a bit yeah. of a rut around that time. We were
3: in, we were in a real big dip. Yeah. And, you know, Yeovil brought, I think it were 53 fans on a Tuesday night or something like that. It was cold, it was miserable, and and they went 1-0 up and they were rock bottom of the league. And we, we scabbed quite a late goal three, Vance Blake. And the football wasn't great under Grayson, primarily, you know, for the majority. It only got good the last season he was in charge because of Aidan McGeady. And if it weren't for McGeady and Callum Robinson to a certain aspect at that point, it would have been, you know, it it wasn't great. Um, so I think Alex Neil's done more than just improve the players; he's also improved us as a club.
2: Yeah, he's a much, so he's better he's just—he's you can't compare him to Grayson. It's how he is a, as a coach; he's on a he's on a different level to Grayson.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: From from a wider I level, level as well, cool. with Alex Neal, he doesn't he doesn't get the recognition.
3: But it's because he's an unfashionable club. Mm. Let's be honest. No, everyone I put in that piece of sweet is little old Preston. Yeah. He, you know, people are turning around saying, "How are Preston in the top six? You know they don't deserve to be there." Which is just I, the reason I did that whole piece was because a Bristol City fan got me back up in the morning, and it really <laughs> clicked. Yeah, I thought how,
1: it was know, funny be, that I'd woken up.
2: Bristol City, my... Bristol City think they have a divine right because they got little man syndrome, who spends twenty million every summer, and they've Stree- still never been in the top six. Streaky Lee, yeah.
3: I mean, they've only had the, they've had half the amount of time in top six that we are, we've had this season. Yeah they've, yeah, they've been hovering around between 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th for the majority of the season. But yeah. when when someone says that we've been in the top six most of the season, I just thought, well, I'm going to do a fax here.
2: I think maybe, yeah. maybe Jake, maybe within the game, I think Alex Neil probably gets a bit more credit. Because people within yeah. the game aren't daft, are they? Like, every time we play Leeds, is talking about yeah, it. yeah. Thomas Frank has a lot of respect for Alex Neil based on what I've heard. So I think I think any team any team coming to deep down knows they're going to be in for a game. I think probably away fans do now, given our home record this season. But it's like when you go to places and who was it? I think we went to Stoke and we won two 0 this season. Yeah, it, 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 they had a few chances first half. I went to the game, but after the game, we were saying how's Preston. Come and beat us for the second season in a row, basically. So, I think that's more fans just being daft. Fans uh, just being
1: fans, really, isn't it?
2: I think yeah. everyone, everyone within the game knows how good Alex Neal probably is as a coach, and how good a lot of our players are.
3: It's perception. It's like it's a it's a little club in the northwest because yeah. that's how we're we're perceived. You know, that hasn't done anything for the last seventy years or eighty years since we won the FA Cup that's how people look at us which is fair in a way because you know we have you know we've not been in the premier league since 1960 um, how how, or, would,
0: Gap, how well, would you how would you perceive Preston I uh, I suppose from my point of view because I um spend a lot of time kind of looking at the EFL I suppose I'd um think you know it's a club that has um uh, punched above its weight Very well in the championship Over the last few years And you would say Sort of between Promotion and Maybe 2018 2019 You'd kind of progressed Every season Um I, I suppose, yeah, I could understand it more from the point of view of a probably league fan that doesn't have as much of an, an eye into the EFL that they wouldn't maybe know as much about about North End. And, um, yeah, I, I suppose in comparison with other clubs that have been in the championship, they're not, not as widely recognised. But, um, you know, we've we've seen... Um, it's not always about the budget that you have that, that it takes how well you do. I think it, a lot of the time it's about um, using the money that you have wisely and um, and sort of overcoming the, the budgetary goal for I space
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and to be fair, I think Alex Neil's done that really well. Yeah. Plays his, play, I think if we were to have one criticism about Alex Neil, it's his recruitment's been a little bit hit and miss. And um, there's only been Darnell and Pat that have improve the team, you know, yeah. in terms of improve the start
1: eleven. eleven. Pot, Potts yeah. had an impact early on, didn't he, but waned very quickly. Yeah.
2: yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big, I know Billy Bowden has not done much, but I think he's been a big miss as well.
1: Just, just in but, terms of having something different to offer.
2: Yeah, but I, you could argue that Alex Neal's, that could be his weakness, but, Alex Neal didn't want to sign Jaden Saltley, let's be honest. Like, his hands are tied to it more than a certain extent. If he had his way, Alex Neal in summer wouldn't have signed David Nugent, I'm guessing. Definitely wouldn't have been his first couple of options.
1: Well, everything that you read around that time led people to believe that it was an owner-led signing. And that was backed up by the fact that he was sat next to Trevor Hemmings at the Fylde friendly. Yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think you're right. There's no way he would have signed David Nugent as a first option or a second option, anyway.
2: Yeah. So even even Louis Malt, uh, yeah. I don't know how much Alex Neal what I wanted to sign. Louis Malt. If if he had a, if he had a bigger budget, so there's no denying that I think the players he he's already had since day one: DJ Brown, Barky when he had Robinson,
4: Hugo, yeah. Piero, Ben Davis.
2: Um I think, I don't know if it's because it takes players a while to get used to it. Um, even Harrop, Harrop wasn't strictly Alex Neil signing, was he? Um, and he's never quite kicked on.
0: Well, I'd be interested to get get an idea of what you think about Harrop, because um, when I first saw him, he scored that goal for Manchester United, um, uh, and where he sort of cut in from the left, yeah. sort of curled it with his right foot. And um, I think when I've seen him since then, he's kind of try, always tried to do that same sort of move, sort of jinking inside. And I, I don't know whether you think you no, know, he's sort of improved enough on his left foot over the last sort of year or two. I think with Harrop, it's, he's a number 10, but he's not
3: got the versatility that Alex Neal needs. Um, Alex Neil likes his players to be able to play in one more than one position and more than one style of play. And um, he, he clearly got talent, you know, and he scored some special goals. You know that that goal against Rovers, um, scored an, another one from a good twenty yards out. I forget forget which game it was. A but home game.
2: Yeah, he has got something uh, about. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I quite that, like Harrop. There's something about but, him that I quite like, but, there, but there's no just, denying. He, yeah, he misses, he misses yeah.
3: some. I don't know if it's our style of play when we've got you know Daniel Johnson, Alan Brown are probably ahead of him as a number ten, but he has he's, he's got he has got a spark. Mm. I, I think he'd probably flourish more at a bottom half Premier League team than he would here ah. because, because of how we play. Because um, he has got a spark about him, there's no doubt he's talented. Um, I just don't think he fits our style of play at all.
2: Yeah. I often, I often think about Harrop. If he was at somewhere like Brentford, he'd probably get quite a lot more respect.
4: Yeah,
2: but there's definitely, there's something about Harrop I really like. Mm. But it just feels like, like Jimmy said, he's just on the verge of being something. But just he can never get a run of games either, which probably goes down to Alex Neal maybe not fully trusting him. Um, yeah, I think with Josh Harrop. Hallett...
3: Was it? What did he get? Championship Player of the Month? Or was he nominated for it? He was.
2: I think he was nominated, were not he? Yeah.
3: And then, in, literally, the game after Alex, he wasn't in the eleventh. Yeah. It's. I just. I can't work out if it's. If it's all Josh's fault, to be fair to him, I think mm-hmm. you know, like Ollie said, he's got something about him, but maybe just not here.
0: Mm. I mean, sometimes with these players the task is not just about finding the talent that they have but putting them in a system where they can thrive yeah. and
2: I'd just I say at... I'd just say yeah. as well. I, I felt I felt the same way about Robinson for probably a couple of seasons. And then suddenly I think it was 2017-18 season it just clicked for Robinson. But
0: that was That's... down heights Neil. He? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I... uh, Harrow, he's definitely got something though, hundred yeah. percent. But the other thing is Daniel Johnson as well, because um, as an outsider, I'm not necessarily that mad on him in that kind of deep role because I feel like there's a kind of a vulnerability about him perhaps in terms of off the ball whereas I think if you free him up in that 10 role, um, in that performance in that 5-1 win against Barnsley where it's absolutely outstanding mm-hmm. um, you just feel like he plays with that bit more freedom and he finds those little pockets of space and, and sometimes you just need that chance to find a new position and, and something just works for them but it's not always just about finding the talent it's, it's the system as well
1: yeah, I think another player, just on that, while we're talking about midfielders and, and obviously signings, is Ryan Ledson doesn't seem to get much of a look in, which I think is one thing, talking about Johnson, is why he ends up dropping deep a couple of times, because you've got Gallagher who's what, 36, is he? 35. 35-36, well, 35.
4: 35.
1: <laughs> <laughs> obviously, he's not getting through the amount of games that he was previously. And then Alan Brown again is another one. Is he better in the ten than he is sitting deep? The only player that we've got really that that is well, he's one of the best, if not the best, in the league in that position is Ben Pearson, and and often it's it's two that are played in there. Yeah, sorry. Uh,
2: the thing I'd say about Leeds is, for a start, he's not he's not um he's not a standing for Ben Pearson. <clears throat> They're different players. And then secondly, I'd say, you if we play, we play free midfielders. It doesn't matter what system it is, we play free midfielders. Ben Pearson's always going to be one. Daniel Johnson's always going to be one. So you've got Potts, Brown, Galley, and then Ledson and Bayless. Bayless's not had a look in.
4: Mm.
2: I don't think Ledson's ever going to get a look in whilst those players are here. I don't. I don't know if it, it, it does need a loan. I think Jimmy said before he was he nearly went out on loan in January, I think. Yeah. He yeah, needs a loan. I just don't know if he's ever gonna play for us whilst Alex Neal's here in the setup that we use, just because we got we got good we got good central midfield options.
0: So it seems strange, actually, that you've got so many um, midfielders and yet you're kind of left a bit dry in the left-back and striker areas that you mentioned. I mean, I suppose goalkeeper's not much of an issue now as it maybe was 12 months ago with Declan Rudd's form. But um, yeah. it seems funny that you've got all these midfielders who would be very much worthy of a place yeah. and yet a few areas where you're thinking could really...
2: improve. Yeah. I think... Don't do cons- Don't <laughs> Because Alex Neal such a tactical coach. There's a lot of nuances with how he sets his midfield up. So he'll either go with Ben Pearson and then t- two ahead. or will go with one next to Ben Pearson, one slightly ahead. So he likes a lot of tactical flexibilities. He's used pots off out, out wide at times, doing, doing the running for people.
0: Bayliss, I think, can play wide as well, actually.
2: We've just not seen Bayliss.
0: it has mm. been a weird... Uh...
1: Two appearances in the in the Carabao Cup and that's it. Yeah,
3: the oddest signing because we didn't need Bayless to be honest with mm-hmm. you, Gab. When we signed Tom Bayless, we did not need him because we had a, an abundance of midfielders already at that point. And yeah. you know, to spend the money that we have done allegedly on him, when we, we were crying out for a left back and we were crying out for a centre forward, yeah, and we didn't get it either. And it's like, it's been the same for the last two windows and it's, um, it was just a bizarre signing really. And just to come back and your point about DJ, just really briefly. I think number, since he's been the number 10 all this season, he's absolutely come on leaps and bounds and, you know, credit to Alex Neil for that. There was fans probably July, August that wanted to sell him. You know, there was a bit of a joking person that I'll walk into Wigan because obviously Wigan were interested in buying him Um, you know, one and a half million pound. And I mean, if we'd sold him for a million and a half pound now, what's, Daft deal that would have been, something like fifty
0: grand or something that he signed him for
3: from Villa. Yeah, Yeah. from Villa. Yeah, it's probably the best fifty grand you have probably seen spent in the league since we bought Alan Brown for ten thousand pound. You know, Jordan Hugill for ten grand. or was he? Twenty. It was twenty grand for Jordan Hugill plus a twenty-five percent sell-on to Port Vale. You know, they did
2: well out of that percent, didn't they? To be fair,
3: (laughs) yeah, absolutely. So, you know that, and that's sort of the level that we are spending in terms of money we're not uh, traditionally we're not spending millions of pounds but then we go and blow a million and a half on bad pots and then a million and a half plus on tom bailey's mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so we, we we make some great signings in the bargain basement and then we make some different signings when
0: we spend yeah. money um, I and mean, the only um sort of possible reason for the Baylis signing I could give you is if you wanted to move Tom Bradshaw, um, Bradshaw uh, Barkhausen uh, up top because I think he'd played there a few games this season and then Baylis I think uh, in Coventry's promotion year a couple of seasons ago he'd sort of played coming in from the right so that, that would be one possibility but you're right I, in...
2: I, I think with with Baylis I think it was more similar different but similar to Gallagher i more more that Mm. as a long-term thing. But like Jimmy said, we didn't need to make the signing. We I signed think... Potts six months before, I think. So Yeah, he
1: came in the January, didn't he?
2: And like, like you said, Brad, midfield probably got six, seven, eight options for that three. Yeah. At left-back, you've got Rafferty, who's a League One right-back, who tries hard. you got Andy Hughes, who's very good in the air, solid defensively, but past the halfway line, won't, won't do much for you. Uh, and then Josh Early's been out on loan in League One, so. Mm. He will, he will we were. Yeah, yeah, I was
1: going to say he's looking more likely to be a centre back, isn't he? So, centre half, yeah.
2: Yeah, so we are lacking there. Um, we, we've not really
1: got much at right back. You take Darnell Fisher out of it, and yeah. we've got Tom Clark as backup, and he's out of contract. I think team. right
2: back, I think right back, I think Fisher's one of the best in the league. Mm. Yeah,
1: I just mean, past that, we've not really yeah. got much.
0: I yeah, mean, Raffer- I, don't, I don't know if Rafferty's ever played right back for you. He's well, played a couple. He yeah, he's played a he couple of times. Yeah. Um, got sent off against Fulham. Alan Brown can do a job at right
3: back as well. You know, he's done a good job there on a couple this, of occasions. Just
2: what I was saying. I'd rather have Alan Brown at right back than Rafferty or Clark. Just personal preference. Hmm. So There's I don't know.
3: Season. There was a point in the season I thought Alan Brown would actually become a right back because he was just not getting a look in the midfield because of the form of DJ, yeah. person and galley. Um,
0: yeah. He's got the energy you'd want from a right-back as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think he's got pretty much everything you'd want from a right-back. Just that you natural like, defensive instinct probably isn't there. A
0: bit like the
3: Matty Cash situation at Nottingham Forest. Yeah. yeah. Converting him to a right-back, and he's absolutely been the best right-back in the league. That's the a matter of season. It? You know, and yeah. he, I know he's a right-winger and he's moved back rather than a centre midfielder going to right-back.
0: But the they've, they've you know, qualities haven't made cash in Brian. So it's interesting that Brian hasn't really kind of nailed down that uh, place in the same way, perhaps.
3: Yeah, I think, it, you know, he has got Darnell behind him as well. You know, Donald Fisher is like, I just said, probably one of the best right backs in the league. You look past his disciplinary form, you know, when he's had 11 bookings in 21 games this season. Look past that. He's probably he is a great right back, you know, good in the air, good, in, you know, Good in a tackle, yeah, can be a bit late sometimes. You know, that's probably why he's got the bookings he has. But bloody good going forward.
0: Yeah. Very good going forward. It's interesting um, the bookings, actually, because um, obviously you mentioned that was an issue with Ben Pearson perhaps last season. And uh, do, do you feel that you've kind of got better? Because I remember last season you had kind of periods where you get injuries and suspensions and weren't quite able to keep that best 11 in place. Do you feel like you're better, stronger from a disciplinary point of view, and and obviously dealing with the injuries as well.
3: Yeah, I think Ben Pearson's obviously everyone talks about Pearson's bookings, you know, and he's only had nine this season so far. And I say only nine to be fair. There probably are seven from tackles, and then two from descent. When yeah. last season it was probably 50, you know, seven. It was seven from tackles, then eight from descent to yeah. get him to nearly fifth. You know, to get him towards the fifteen. Um, yeah, I, I think, think that's
2: natural. That's natural. I think.
3: Yeah, I think well with Pearson, with he's Charles. calmed it down. He's calmed, yeah. he's calmed the descent down a lot, and yeah. I think his games improved on the back of that as well. I think he's he's probably a lot more of a of a, a, a proper holding midfielder now that's not gobbing off, you know. Because that, yeah, he's got that aggressive streak in him that's you never want to take that away out out of his game because it's so critical for Ben Pearson's game to be aggressive. And mm. um, but you, you take away the gobbing off, you know, squaring up to every player, go, you know, being that little Rottweiler that he was last season. And I think that's improved. I think, Did you think-, of, sure. I think sure. overall, we're not that bad in the disciplinary department. You look at the red cards we've had this season. You know, Joe Rafferty's against Fulham was a stonewall red. It's high and it's late. Last season, you had Lenson's Shocker against Leeds. You had Pearson's shocker against Chef Wednesday.
1: Ludson had a bad end against Wigan as well, didn't
3: he? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've taken out the silly the silly red cards from aggressive tackles mm. because last season that was you know, there was a few naughty ones last season, let's be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder with Pearson whether he's kind of over the last twelve months or so seen the bigger picture. Because I'm sure I read something somewhere about his mum saying he she didn't actually want to attend games because she didn't want to see her son. So, sort of, and, and I just wonder whether Pearson said, kind of thought to himself, there is a bigger picture here. I'm one I've, of the senior yeah. players now in the team. I think. I think, I think the... it's probably more
2: if he's picking up fifteen bookings a season. Premier League teams probably not going to touch him.
0: Yeah, I was going
1: to
2: say.
1: He's coming think, to the end of his yeah, contract, yeah, I think
2: he's better than six or seven Premier League defensive mids. I think he, yeah, he could step up no problem, I think, to the Prem. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's so what just,
3: you made. said about him that it was key. He'd walk straight into any one of the top six sides in the Premier League.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you look at someone like N'Golo Kante, who's then sort of carved a career for himself like at the top level through... Um, a fairly like he's incredibly good at a fairly simple range of qualities and I wouldn't go as far as to say Ben Pearson is as good as Kante, but I don't think he's like that far off as you'd instinctively maybe think, perhaps. Mm. Mm. I
2: think if you compare him to Scott McTominay, I think Ben Pearson's better yeah. footballer.
0: That that that's a reasonable shout to be fair.
2: But Ben Pearson got sold to a little to a little club and. That, that's probably that. If he played for Derby, I think Ben Pearson would probably be in the Premier League by now.
3: Yeah, a more fashionable club.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he
3: would be. Even, Brentford, even at Brentford, somewhere yeah. like that, have got this reputation of breeding Premier League players.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bad perception. Perception, people would think he's better than he is if he was at Derby or Brentford. I think that's just a fact.
0: So fact, I, I'm not sure he'd necessarily... Fit naturally into Brentford's midfield, but um, I see. I certainly see what you mean in terms of his ability.
2: Yeah, just in terms of if he played for a club with that kind of reputation. Yeah,
0: a, uh, a player.
2: It's yes.
3: just you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, our, our model, like we mentioned before, is selling a player every year. You know, it even says it in the accounts. You know, we we <laughs> will have to sell an asset this season. Um, mm. you know, we've got a cash flow issue. A cash flow issue of five point eight million pound a year at the minute. You know, so we our business model relies on selling a player. Sadly, it probably is going to be Ben Pearson or Ben Davis this year. Mm. Um, you know, he has got Premier League qualities. There's so so. There's much no doubt.
2: He's so good. He's so good. Do, do you he, reckon if he makes uh, the game look easy, and that's the hardest thing to do?
0: Yeah. Do, do you reckon if Davis was the uh, were to leave this summer, someone like Jordan Story could step up? Because I remember back into the previous season when he. would Formed a decent partnership. I think it was with Davis, uh, and you know maybe another year could be an option. Perhaps
2: very, very, very different
1: players. Yeah, he hasn't even had so much of a look in this season, really, has he? Story?
3: Yeah. No, Hunts has got above him as well.
4: Mm. But,
3: you know, it's a funny one, Jordan story, because he had it came in when he came into the team back in the seventeen eighteen season. Showed so much potential, and. Um, but, or was it the 1890? Whichever season it was last
2: they, season. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, he had a really good game at QPR away when he scored and, you know, looked look like he, he got a lot of qualities. But last three, four, five games of that season, he was blowing and yeah. he looked, his form dipped. Um, mm-hmm. He looked tired um, and put, uh, he, you know, we took him out of the. Out of was he not back. playing with an injury though, toward the end of last season? Yeah, he was. He was but he was yeah same way, he? I think he's got a lot of qualities does he need a loan if he's not going to get in here probably, mm-hmm. especially seeing Hunts has got another year on his contracts and if we do keep up uh, I don't see Bauer and Story working though together as yeah, I
2: mean, Ben Davis is very unique skill set for a centre back, being left footed as well as a massive part of what he is yeah. and it's a massive part of how Alex Neil likes to set up so I yeah. can't see, if we saw Ben Davis I couldn't see Story. I could see Josh Omo coming into that role, yeah. Which might be what is he might be being primed for that. Who knows? But well, I think
3: that's he's a been lot. It, it? He's been playing yeah. as a left side centre half in the three.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that's a lot more likely, Gab, than Story partnering Bauer. because I right. think that would take away a lot from what Alex Neil wants in a centre back pairing. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: look at the Premier League as well. There's not many. Foot, left-sided centre halves that mm. are ball-playing centre halves, like like yeah. Ben Davis, that can read the game like yeah. Ben Davis. Ben Davis is worth his weight in gold. And
2: yeah. you chuck in but the fact Davis. that he's English as well. And then, yeah, let's make like, it clear: Ben Davis is absolutely rapid for a centre back as well. I don't think people yeah. realise. Yeah. yeah. Quick. The only Pretty. thing I'd say, the only thing I say, Gab, is the way Premier League is going. I'm not sure they like athletes, don't he? I'm not sure how much. Of an athlete, Ben Davis is right, but I'd say quality wise, reading of the game on the ball, I think is another one he could step up to the prem.
0: I mean, yeah, Jan Vertonghen isn't necessarily an athlete, but he's been a top defender, he's carved yeah. career himself over the years, so yeah. yeah, just maybe like
2: maybe it's lacking a bit of physicality for some people,
0: yeah,
2: I'd say, but for me. Obviously, Ben White's got a lot of attention this season. but Ben Davis has been up there for me.
0: I'll tell you what, you, um, there's a lad called Luca Ford at Crew Alexandra who's um, a pretty talented centre-back who's just come into their team this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if you went out for someone like him. Um, yeah. Davis was to go.
3: Have you seen much of Crew this season? This is just completely off topic. Have you seen much of Crew this season? Because I've heard quite a lot about this Perry yeah. you, you know, know this got right back.
0: They've got, yeah, there's Perry NG, the right back. He's fantastic. I think I, I definitely think he could play to a higher standard in the championship. Yeah. Uh, and they've also got a left back called Harry Pickering as well, who's a very good free kick taker, very technical. He's got some lovely movement about him as well. So, yeah, they, they're literally everywhere you look, they've got some really good young players.
3: Yeah, I've heard of, um, of Perry NG. Just that Perry NG is just well worth watching, you know, yeah. so. Oh, he's so cause... good. Question for you then.
1: If whatever happens this season, whether the season's played out or whether we go straight to the playoff games or whether it's null and void, whenever the transfer window opens and we were then faced with either Ben Davis or Ben Pearson going, which one would you, Jimmy and Ollie, rather us sell if it was one or the other?
2: Would you rather shake your brother or your sister? (laughs) And why? Why that player? Uh, I'd I'd have to let Ben Davis go because Ben Pearson's the best midfielder I've seen at Peony. Simple as that. But I'm yeah, a massive probably. fan of Ben Davis. Massive fan of Ben Davis as well. I
0: yeah, think
2: exactly. I think removing I think you could get away with removing uh Ben Davis more than you could with Pearson. We've
1: seen it this season, though, haven't we? When Pearson's missed games versus when Davis has missed games, the the loss of Pearson is is absolutely gigantic.
2: Yeah, I don't know yeah. how you feel about Jimmy.
3: It's it's asking which limb you want removing,
2: isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's the same.
3: With, it's the same with losing likes of you know. You look at the players out of contract next summer.
2: Jason it, Davis,
1: Davis, DJ, Alan, Alan,
3: Alan, Alan, Alan Brown.
2: is Maguire as well.
3: Yeah, Sean is. There's five or six, and it's like it's it's frightening.
2: What about I know Darnell? Where's Darnell's
3: contract up to? He might be as well, actually. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Ollie Dawes is the man for this because he's the one who's got all that that list. I've got it somewhere on my phone, but I'm just trying to dig it out. And um, there's there's so many decent players out of contract in 2021. Yeah, Doddy uh, Fisher.
0: So, well, uh, I've just got to head off now, but um, uh, enjoy the rest of the pod, and uh, yeah, all the best when football returns. Cheers. That's thanks one, very much, Gab. Thanks, Gab. Bye. Cheers, well, mate. Um, yeah, 2021.
3: Daniel Fisher, Paul Huntington, Ben Davis. Andrew Hughes, Josh Earl, Ben Pearson, Alan Brown, Daniel Johnson, Ryan Ledson, Josh Jesus. Harris.
2: Jesus. Graham Burke. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of work to do there. There's a lot yeah, of work yep. to do there.
3: Josh Janelli, Sean Maguire, Louis Moult, David Newton. Jesus Newman.
2: Christ. I think everything's been building. It seems like it's been a bit of a three-year so cycle that everything was banking on this season. Yeah.
3: Yeah it comes back to what you said in July. Chance for a lifetime. Mm. Every, all our eggs in that basket. And if it came off, it come off. If it didn't, it didn't. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, that's been where we're at. Um, yeah. Having that many players. And I thought it was five or six. I didn't realise it was that many. Um, was that, that, 12, is, that 13 deal, there. That's so might be a little bit out of date. So there might have been players that have signed contracts in the meantime. If there is guys. I'm really sorry that I've missed them out.
1: Did
3: but you say that, Billy Bowden, in that? No, nah, Bill's Bell, just signed me. a new one, hasn't he? No, I, I purposely missed Bill out because Billy Bowden was on that list, but I, I knew he'd signed a deal. I think but to be, give Peter Isdale a little bit of credit, he, he said in that video that there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes and they're aware of that about the con about the players out of issue ne- out of contract next year. So yeah. I don't I don't think they're just sitting on their hands and letting it pass by. I think they're actually getting plans in place to be able to kick
1: on. You uh, have to. That, that's, that's, that's part and parcel of being a, a, in, in the running at a football club, isn't it? You can't just let things just come to an end and then just that, scratch, that, a, scratch your that, arse and go, that where list do we of go
2: That list of contracts is more what you'd expect to see from a League Two team. Yeah. With that many out of contracts at once. So, mm. I'm sure there's about five or six there who obviously wouldn't care if they went, but... but yeah,
3: just to, you, you said something then that's con, not concerned, but it's, you said that it doesn't tend to happen, you know, we, we tend to let it happen. But we've, we've had a history of letting it get to a point that it, we've had to sell. You know, you look at Bailey Wright's situation, we waited until the November to start contract talks with him when he was out of contract the following June. And we ended yeah. up selling to Bristol City in the January window because we'd left it that late. In, you know, his agent had started tightening him out elsewhere. You know, so you know the, the deck situation. I think we got away with to a certain aspect because of everything that's this, gone on with COVID.
4: Yeah, and
1: that's helped us definitely.
3: But you look at players like Billy Jones in the in the past. You know, we left that too late. We left that into into the last. Didn't
1: Didn't Billy Jones come out and say if I'd have been offered if talks had started sooner, I would have signed something? But it's been left yeah. too late.
3: Yeah, exactly. Because we left it to within the last twelve months of his contract to even yeah. start proactive about it, and. Uh, God, this might get me into a bit of a trouble, but it's just a typical North End thing. Make to for a good do. end to the podcast. Uh, it's a typical North End thing to do. In it is not to be proactive. You yeah. know, wait until the horses wait until the horses bolted and then actually react to it. But any football club or any business that you know is at the top of their game is proactive in terms of everything they do. They think. 12, 18, two years in advance, you know, months and two years in advance because you can see what's coming down the line, you know, yeah. and it's it's very typical of North End to think, you know, oh, I was nine months after his contract, we might as well start the chat now, but that player's agent's already been tightening them out, you know, and already started, you know, find out what, what you can earn elsewhere, because yeah. that's how agents keep their jobs as well. Yeah. You know, there's that thing this week about, you know, I think agents' fees last year in the Premier League were 240 million pound, which is what the the EFL need to survive or whatever it is. You know, in terms of the financial black hole. But why is an agent going to give up their services and their money for the EFL to survive, especially when a lot of them are foreign agents that are making yeah. silly money on transfers? North End. If we've got to be if there's one thing that lets us down is that we're not proactive enough as a business. Well, I and mean, I don't think you, know that, said that I don't you know think
4: that down.
1: Peter Ridsdale acknowledged in that video that they're aware of stuff like the contracts and there's work going on. Um yeah. I think my my point was more that with the amount of players that are out of contract in twenty twenty one they yeah, they're, they're maybe they'll be laxed with one or two of them, but with that many out of out of contract, surely they're not just going to be sitting around scratching their arse and going. Uh, I,
2: uh,
3: but surely, you know that in, in the August just gone. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah no, true. I think maybe, I must, maybe maybe the case. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know this, but maybe the case with Pearson, Brown, Davis at the start of the season. Say, we'll see how we get on this season. We'll reassess in summer. <laughs>
1: Is that little last green one on your road, Jimmy.
2: No, it's on mine. It's on my road. How oh, is it on your road? Yeah, well I couldn't oh, right. back yesterday with a ninety nine cone. Um sorry, go on Ollie. what were you saying? I've I have i have lost I've lost what I was saying. Oh yeah. I would just say with with the contract situation, going back to summer twenty nineteen, Pearson, Davis Brown got two years left on the deal. Obviously there's been no movement on any of them. I'm I don't know this, but po- possibility we could have said we'll see how we get on this season, reassess in summer, potentially sell you in summer or sign the new deal, depending on how the season goes. Depends on a lot of things in the season, form, where we come coming the table, injuries. So, uh, at least one of them is going to go in summer anyway. I think I've thought that all along. Unless
3: we go up. Yeah, but it's up. model. Yeah, it, it comes back to it. Comes back to the accounts. So, in our business model, we've got a cash flow, cash flow deficit of around five point eight million pound.
2: Proper fancy and
3: 99. So, <laughs> <laughs> we're always going to sell someone. It's yeah. just—it's just typical north. You could say typical north end that uh, COVID's landed, and now transfer fees are probably going to be halved, if not less. Yeah. You know, and we've got five or six saleable assets that are now going to be worth three million rather than
2: ten. Yeah. Right. Just looking at Alan Brown this might be why I'm thinking what I'm thinking but last year he was a year younger, I think he'd just come off the back of, did he score 13 goals 2017-18? Yeah. Well,
3: 12-13
2: goals. 12-13, yeah. Um, so uh, his stock was probably as high as ever been last summer. So he's probably thinking if he has another season like that he can, he can get a Premier League move last year of his contract. But He's not played, he's, how many games he started? Probably about 20. He's not. He's probably scored two or three goals this season. So it's probably makes sense to reassess it in the summer. Well, I, I, doubt we can can get, I doubt it can, can get. I doubt it can get. Yeah. Because
3: yeah. last season, Alan Brown had no agent. He's been advised yeah. by Peter Ridsdale. Why have we not tied him down? Why have we not got him down on another three year deal at that point? Because mm. then we get to this point, he's got two years after his contract, the transfer fee we can command is bigger. And he's got the stability of having a three year deal on better money at the club Uh, with the gentleman's agreement potentially that, listen, if we get £10 million for you, then you know, you feel free to go on your merry way. But now he's got an agent, he's got a baby at home. His situation is completely different because now, he now probably, there's other factors at play now. He's got an agent that's going to probably want to pay a day. He's got one, to play want to get a higher contract and salary for himself because he's got family to support, you know, yeah. yeah, I get he's settled in the area and he's been here for nearly 10 years in terms of the area, but it's football, it's a short career, yeah. you know, he, he's got a family at home now, his game has changed, mm-hmm. you know, he, he probably, if we tied him down 12 months ago, different conversation, mm-hmm. same, same with likes of Ben Pearson, and I, and I get, I get maybe the players didn't want to commit you know, too early, but just get, if you, even if you've got an extra year on the deal, an extra couple of grand a week, and with a gentleman's agreement, because end of the day, it's Peter Ridsdale, it's the club, d- d- people will make agreements. It's like, well, if we get this fee for you, you Ooh, know you our go. business model, you know, with our, with our, like John Hugel. John Hugel yeah. put a transfer request in. You know, he only did it to force his move through. But, um, but to be fair, West Ham hadn't met the valuations up to that point. It's, you know, and that's agents playing silly buggers again there, you know, because did Jordan really want to leave? Well, you know, I guess is as good as mine. I suppose if someone gives you Premier League football, then you probably want to give him that shot. But did he deep down want to leave?
2: Yeah, yeah I love town. you, Jordan. Love you, Jordan, if you're listening.
3: <laughs> I think we've said this before. I'm pretty sure he's not.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Right,
1: unless either of you two have got anything else to add, then we can wrap up the podcast.
2: Um, just like to ask you, Jake, Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich score prediction, please. Um,
1: I know absolutely enough all about Union Berlin, but I'm going to go 3-1 to Bayern Munich.
2: Nice one. I'm going
3: to 4-0 Munich. I don't think Union will score.
2: I'm, I'm going to go, go
3: 7-0
2: Bayern. Um, yeah, cheers, boys. Thank you very much cheers cheers cheers. Lots. cheers Gab yep cheers
1: Gab you can follow Gab on Twitter at underscore football lab it's like football ab because there's two L's I think we should so, end it I think we should end it on that yeah, yeah
2: that's, that, that is that is the end